Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for the first time in two months to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I first want to apologize to avid listeners about how we haven't been posting episodes lately. The truth is we love to do them uh, as a team. Megan and I love to do them together. They just, they're just more fun to do. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm someone who is motivated when it's fun and doing a podcast with Allie or Megan is a lot more fun uh, than doing it by myself. But at the end of the day, Putting out podcasts is my passion. I love to talk about nutrition. I'm always inspired by the clients that I have here at Nutrition Awareness. And taking a couple months off because we haven't been able to coordinate schedules has at least given me a lot of time to keep a list of good topics that I want to share and discuss on the podcast. You know, because we have different schedules and Megan's a mom and Allie's got a full-time job, it is really hard for us to uh, coordinate together and all meet in the office. So you might just be hearing a lot of solo podcasts from me until we're all able to regroup and chat. So I hope that's okay with you guys. I am going to make my solo podcasts a lot more to the point because there's not gonna be conversation. So you may notice a difference in the tone between podcasts where it's just me, Kate, uh, and podcasts where it's Megan and I or Allie and I, because we're just gonna be joking around and having a little bit more fun in those podcasts. So if you have a preference and you have a certain topic that you wanna hear, but in a specific way, as in you want us to talk about it as a group or as a pair, or you just want me to spit out facts, would love to hear from you. Um, you can reach out to us on the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I'm sorry, the Nutrition Awareness Instagram. It's at nutrition.awareness. Today, we are doing part one of a two, maybe eventually a three-part series. It's how to make weight loss a lifestyle. And I want to preface this episode by sharing my inspiration behind this. 
we at Nutrition Awareness get a wide variety of clients with different goals. I've had a handful of clients over the past year bring up to me that they want to lose weight. And at Nutrition Awareness, we never ask people what their weight is. We never have them tell us how much weight they're losing between appointments. We just, you know, if they want to tell us that, we let them know we're going to be supportive. But that's just not how we do things around here. Um, We don't track your scale measurements day by day or week by week. But the ones that are feeling a little bit apprehensive about their weight loss goals uh, have shared with us that they feel guilty for wanting to lose weight or they think there's something wrong with wanting to lose weight. And I have noticed this in the culture on social media, especially among other nutrition professionals, maybe intuitive eating professionals, and I can understand that their intention is pure, right? There are people out there saying, you shouldn't want to lose weight, you should love your body the way it is, you should respect your body how it is, and you can be healthy at any size. You don't need to be 10, 20, 30 pounds lighter to be healthy. And in some situations, I agree. There are some people who, if they lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds, it's not going to make a big difference in their overall health and wellness. But I also believe that there are people who do benefit from losing weight. I see it all the time. When people lose weight and they reach a point where they feel more comfortable, they feel more confident, their labs improve, their self-worth improves, then I want to support that and give people the right tools for weight loss. And I understand the counter-argument too, because we all come from different places, right? A counter-argument will be, well, why would why should losing 20 pounds make somebody feel better about themselves? Well, there's a few reasons. One, losing weight is not hard. I mean, I mean, it's not easy, right? It's a hard thing to do. And how do we feel after we set goals and continuously work at them and see progress? We tend to feel better about ourselves. There is something that comes with setting a goal or an intention and putting in work and effort over time to achieve it. Now, the caveat to this is if you set a goal to lose 30 pounds in two months and you restrict your food and you become crazy because you're drinking juices instead of eating food or you're spending two hours a day on the elliptical instead of with your family, yes, that's problematic. But I can tell you there's a lot of people who aren't doing those things and losing weight because we do it in a very sustainable, healthy, slow way. And also, who are we to tell people what's going to make them feel better about themselves? Imagine if you didn't feel good about how you were dressing, right? You felt like you were dressing like a potato sack, but you didn't really know where to start, you didn't know how to figure out your style, and you came into a stylist's office and you said, I wanna feel better about myself by how I dress. And that stylist just said, well, you should just feel good about yourself anyway. Like, who cares if you're wearing a paper bag? Like, just feel good about yourself. That would be annoying. (laughs) Wouldn't you be peeved? You're like, why did I waste my time? And then you start to feel bad about yourself. Like, should I just accept how I dress? I feel off. I want to dress better. This person is telling me not to improve or listen to my own inner voice that's telling me that this is an alignment for me, that I could be dressing in a more elevated or flattering way that makes me feel better about myself. And I do believe when it comes to weight, as long as that person isn't suffering from an eating disorder, that if somebody who wants to lose 20 pounds and has a healthy amount of 20 pounds to lose, and they tell me that that's going to make them feel more confident, that's going to make them feel healthier, that's going to give them the self-esteem to go out there and get back on the dating scene or join a gym or join a running club, who am I, a completely separate person with a completely different set of experiences to tell them, no. 
I'm not, I, I can't do that, right? We all have a right to body autonomy. And so my job as a nutrition professional, as a dietitian, is to help guide people in a direction that is realistic and effective in a healthy way that isn't going to compromise their mental health, that isn't going to compromise their social health, their well-being, and of course, their physical health. So on part one of today's episode, we are talking about how to make weight loss a lifestyle. It means how do we integrate healthy practices into every day that over time when repeated over and over and over again can result in weight loss or maintaining weight loss or not gaining weight. Now, I'm going to do my best to explain nuances with each of these points, but if I miss something or you've got a question or need clarification, you can reach out to us on Instagram. Nutrition.awareness is our company Instagram. You can also reach out to me directly, Kate, K-A-I-T, Richardson, R-D, on Instagram. So before we get into today's episode, I do want to share a little bit of exciting news with you guys. Um, My passion is speaking. I love speaking to large groups, small groups, individuals. And over this past year, I've really put a lot of time and effort into developing my speaking skills and to speaking to large companies and organizations about the importance of nutrition and wellness. I spoke to Orange County Public Schools. I've done a few virtual lunch and learns for companies, not only just here in Florida, but all over the country. I've talked to various sports teams, ranging from high school to collegiate levels. And I would love to continue practicing and speaking and inspiring audiences all over, whether it's in person or virtual. I love doing retreats. I love doing lunch and learns. I enjoy coming into corporate events. And my goal for speaking is to inspire and empower audiences. I don't like to lecture. I don't want to put people to sleep. I want people thinking and actively engaging during presentations and events. My goal is to give people the tools, applicable tools that they can implement right away right after that presentation to improve their life, to improve their health. I always include question and answers in presentations to really tailor to the needs of the audience. If you work for a company or you're on a board for a nonprofit or an organization, or if you have a retreat or a contact of somebody who does wellness retreats, I ask that you consider bringing in me for a nutrition presentation. You can learn more about my services at katerichardsonrd.com. I share tons of information about the different presentations I've spoke about. I've talked about wellness at work. That's a huge one. Sports performance, improving energy and productivity, how to ditch the all or nothing mindset around food, and so much more. So I can tailor any presentation to the needs of your audience. More information about what I can offer to your group is available again at katerichardsonrd.com. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes below. All right, let's get back to today's topic. Six ways to make weight loss a lifestyle, part one. Tip number one, make socializing revolve around activities instead of just food and drink. I love this one. I love when my friends and I, instead of getting together for happy hour, or at least before getting together for dinner or happy hour, go on a walk or plan activities together. This means if you're the kind of person who always 
has a group of friends and all you do is grab drinks and apps, why not throw something else into the mix that you're doing an activity together that also gets your body moving and maybe gets you away from less healthy food, bar food, restaurant food. Some ideas could include taking a walk, a nice trail, a nice path. If you're here in Florida, there's tons of places to go kayaking, lots of fun trails to explore, paddle boarding. You could really get creative and look up different weekend activities like goat yoga or taking any kind of yoga Pilates class together. It's so much more fun when you go with a group of friends or a partner or a family member. I really love the area that we live in here in Orlando. There's tons of different boutique gyms that you could try out, and a lot of them offer free classes or introductory rates. Uh, One of my favorite classes to do, and I brought a few friends with me here in Orlando, it's called Highlight Fitness, and I'm not associated with them. I'm just a big fan. It's like high-intensity workouts that simulate Pilates, but they don't put a lot of impact on your joints. So it's not quite Pilates, but the moves can be familiar. And I think that's a great fun class because it gets your heart rate up. They have lights. It just feels like a very fun, clubby Miami energy. And and they're scattered around Orlando. That would be a really good one to try with a girlfriend. And then if you want to go get a healthy breakfast, you'll already be in that fitness health mindset. And you might be more apt to choose something healthy afterward. So suggesting activities that involve moving before or instead of food and drink. And I get it. There are some friends who you're going to suggest that to and they're going to roll their eyes. Don't ask those friends. Go out for apps and drinks with those friends, but consider other groups of friends or family members that maybe you haven't reached out to in a while and suggest something fun and active. Two, eat early in the day and don't skip breakfast. This is a big one. I get questions at almost every presentation that I give about intermittent fasting. Here's my truth about intermittent fasting. I find that men, in general, do a lot better with intermittent fasting. It's hormones, it's muscle mass, I don't know. But oftentimes when I see women fasting for more than 14 hours, they put themselves in a hole that it's very hard to climb out of. They skip breakfast, maybe they drink coffee. Then as soon as they eat around 12, 1, 2 p.m., it's like the floodgates are open and they're eating nonstop. In fact, I had a session with a client this morning who's really awesome, um, and she's just busy in the morning. She's just busy. She's not purposely skipping breakfast or anything, but she just gets up, doesn't really think about food, goes to work, might have a little snack now and then, and then she comes home and has three or four servings of dinner. And sometimes dinner's really healthy, and sometimes she's just at the mercy of what her husband's cooking. And she overeats and feels like crap. If you want to make weight loss a lifestyle, you want to consume a breakfast or at least a mid-morning meal that contains protein, 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 because what that does is it puts you in a position to be able to control your energy levels, it satiates you, and then you have more control over your choices later in the day. If you're someone who skips breakfast and also experiences massive cravings for sugar, refined carbs snack foods, or you gravitate towards large portions, fried food, junk food at meals, I challenge you for one week, eat a breakfast that contains protein, complex carbs from fruits, sweet potatoes, unsweetened oats, and some kind of healthy fat like the egg yolk, avocado, chia seeds. Eat a balance of those three macronutrients every day for a week 
and see if your cravings improve. Cravings and overconsumption of sugar, junk food, processed food is a recipe for, if not weight gain, metabolic concerns. Because some people, let's just face it, genetically don't gain weight. But if they're consuming a lot of hyper-processed foods, whatever's going on on the inside is not going to be good. You hear me? So don't be afraid to eat a morning meal or even a mini meal to help you sustain and make better choices later in the day. I always tell people, what you eat at 8 a.m. is going to impact how you eat at 8 p.m. If you're snacking on the couch all night and not eating breakfast, we need to do a little flip-flop here. Tip number three, smart oil usage. You may hear certain programs, diets, telling you not to use any oil. They tell you to use spray butter or spray oil. No, 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 no. If you like that, go for it. If you're getting fats from other sources, fine. But when you use oil, you just wanna use them how they're intended. For when you're cooking, right? If you're cooking, I don't know, fish on the stovetop, and you use olive oil, just use a tablespoon. You don't need to drench it in oil. And then when you take it off the stove when it's time to serve, don't add more butter on top, don't drown it in oil. If you're doing dressings, Only use as much as you need to get a little bit of flavor and don't drown your food in sauce or dressings. Just use enough so that you get the function of the oil without adding in a lot of the excessive calories. Because at the end of the day, if you're using three tablespoons of butter throughout the day, you're eating quite a bit of calories. That's 360 extra calories that really don't give you a ton of satiety. They make your food taste great Sure, I mean, have you ever cooked eggs in a lot of butter? They're really crispy and delicious, but not always necessary to use that much. I would rather you get your fats from foods that are really satiating and also provide other minerals, vitamins, fiber, and phytonutrients. An example would be instead of using a ton of olive oil, let's say, oh, let's say you're making a soup um, and you see this a lot in Europe or, you know, other European countries where they drizzle more olive oil on top of the, the recipe after it's done. Maybe they make a soup and they add olive oil on top to make that pretty swirl, or they make a Greek salad with feta cheese and dressing and they add more olive oil, or they're dipping their bread in olive oil. You're not getting a lot of nutrition from the oil. Are they healthier fats than, let's say, canola oil? Absolutely, but there's not nutrition there. I would rather you just use as much oil as you need to cook and then add something like avocado, olives, nuts, seeds, chia seeds, because those foods contain fiber, different arrays of vitamins and minerals. They're still anti-inflammatory. And most importantly, they fill you up. They fill you up because they take space in your stomach. Oil, you don't really get that filling sensation the same way you would from food. So smart oil with uh, smart usage of oils. Also, think about it like this. If you're making your own dressings, don't be afraid to have the oil that it calls for and add vinegar, herbs, spices, mustards, something else that gives it that zest and that flavor without a lot of the excessive calories. If you are going out to eat and you get dressing on the side or a packet of dressing with, I don't know, your Chick-fil-A market salad, use a fourth to a half. You don't need to coat the salad with dressing to get the flavor. Same thing goes for sauces. 
And of course, if you're ordering a salad that already has healthy fats from let's just say avocado or maybe it has goat cheese, you might find that those softer fats spread to the leaves and they add the moisture that you want. So you don't even need to add an additional dressing. Something to think about. Okay, tip number four. If you're not hungry, don't eat. Point blank period. Now I have one exception to this. If you're not hungry in the morning and it's keeping you from tip number two, we need to explore A, your routine in the morning. Are you so busy that you're just not thinking about food and you're not connecting with your body? Are you drinking coffee so your appetite's suppressed? Don't forget that caffeine is an appetite suppressant. Are you eating a ton at night so you're waking up not hungry? We need to flip-flop that. So that's the exception. But otherwise, if it's uh, 2 p.m. and you're not hungry, don't grab chips. Don't grab a handful of nuts. If you're not hungry, don't eat. And here's how you can really determine that because I know that can be difficult. I've got two tools for you. One is something called the hunger scale. And you're going to have to do a Google search for this. The hunger scale is adapted from intuitive eating principles. And I find it very helpful for people who don't know how to honor hunger or don't know when to stop eating. What it does is it assigns a number to a description of what hunger and fullness feel like. One through ten. Three is hungry. It's just hungry. Your stomach feels a little empty. You could eat something. Thoughts of food are coming quite frequently. That's the best time to eat. Because if you wait until you're a one or a two to eat when your stomach is growling, you're irritable, you're hangry, it's very difficult to make a healthy choice there. At a one or a two, we're going to go for sugar, refined carbs, and a lot of crap. And I find people who don't eat very much in the morning often find themselves feeling like a two in the afternoon or right before dinner or even after dinner. So eating when you feel between a three and a four is ideal. And then stopping when you feel around a six or a seven. Six is where you may take your last few bites. You're feeling full, but not completely satisfied. And seven is where you feel full and you're ready to take on your next task. You aren't overly stuffed. You're comfortable. Thoughts of food go away. And you're able to do something else for at least three to six hours. So you know you've eaten enough and you're satisfied if you're full for three to six hours. You know you haven't eaten enough if you're hungry within one to two hours. So if you eat a plain salad with cheese, but no protein, no beans, no lentils, it's just a salad with vegetables, and you're hungry an hour later, you know you didn't eat enough. And we have to go back to the drawing board. So Google the hunger scale and aim to eat at a three or four and stop eating, honor your fullness between a six and a seven. This is a really helpful lifestyle tip for anybody who's trying to maintain weight loss or lose weight because it just helps you stop eating when your body's had enough. The problem with calorie counting or macro counting excessively is we often let the numbers overrule our body. So if our calorie counter is telling us that we need to eat 1,800 calories today, but you're eating dinner and you're too full to finish finish your measured portion, and you're at you know 1,700 calories instead of the 1,800 calories, we're going to see those numbers and force ourselves to eat so we meet a goal. We don't know if that calorie recommendation that was just spewed out by an algorithm is very accurate. 
our body is a lot more accurate. If we're eating healthy whole foods and we feel too full to continue finishing that last 100 to 200 calories, we need to listen to our body and stop eating and stop tracking. An exception to this rule, I told you there'd be nuances, is if you are never hungry, you are gaining weight because you're under eating, right? You're eating 1,100, 1,200 calories and not losing weight and gaining weight. Then we've got a whole other issue and you need to come in and see one of us. You need to see a dietitian because you probably have a slow metabolism and reducing calories and under eating is not going to cure that problem. I had a client today who she's going through this herself. Her metabolism's on the slower side. We had it tested. She doesn't feel a lot of hunger during the day. She has to remind herself to eat a little bit more gradually so that she gives her body enough nutrition. She's in a place where she's not going to be losing a lot of weight quickly or very steadily because we have to get her metabolism back up. She is the exception, not the rule, but it does happen. So you'll know that this is you if you don't feel hungry at all throughout the day, you find it a real, a real struggle to eat and you fill up really fast and you're gaining weight or can't lose weight. That's key. So reach out to one of us if that's your issue. Um, Schedule a consultation at nutritionalawareness.com because we'll probably have to do a little bit of reverse dieting and it is a bit more, uh, I don't know how you say this, maybe, I don't want to say intense, that's not the word, but we have to be a little bit more diligent about how and what you're eating. Okay, here is the other thing you can ask yourself if you're not going to use the hunger scale to help you not eat when you're not hungry. And I learned this from my sports nutrition professor in college at Missouri State University. Uh, Shout out to Professor Natalie Allen if she ever listens to this. But she told us, if you're not hungry enough to eat an apple, you're not hungry. Think about it like this. If you're sitting around thinking about food and your only option is an apple, if you're hungry, you're going to eat that apple. It's filling, it's full of water, it's fibrous, it's tasty, but it's not processed. But if you're not hungry enough to eat that apple and you're craving chocolate, potato chips, you're not hungry, you're just craving food. Maybe you're stressed, bored, maybe you didn't eat enough during the day, so now you're having cravings for junk food. So if you're not hungry enough to eat an apple, don't eat. Do something else. All right, tip number Five, weight loss, lifestyle, carry a water bottle with you and drink it all day. You need to drink water. Your body is made up of at least 70% water. So if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to improve your body's overall function, drink water. Just drink water. It's not that hard. There are people who tell me they hate the taste of water. I don't understand you, but I empathize with you. My only advice is to get over it really get over it. Now, the other advice I have is flavor your water. I know if you don't like regular water, you probably don't like the LaCroix seltzer water because it doesn't taste like much. You're probably going to be more prone to use something like liquid IV or those Mio drops, Crystal Light. I don't like those. They have artificial sweeteners or the, the liquid IV just has a bunch of sugar. That's why it's so tasty, sugar and salt. If you have to use those to drink water, fine, be my guest. Um, But otherwise, I just want you to get over it and drink water. And nine out of 10 times when someone's not drinking enough water, when they push themselves to consume at least 64 ounces minimum 
64 ounces minimum a day of water, their body starts to crave water. And you will notice when you don't drink enough water. Your mouth will feel dry. You'll feel awful. Your body will learn very quickly how good it feels when it's hydrated and you will crave water. But it starts with getting over that hump and just drinking your water. Here's my tip. Invest in a water bottle that you want to drink out of. I've had water bottles before where the mouth of the water bottle is too big. So even though it's like a big Nalgene and it gets me like 32 ounces a bottle, if the water dribbles down the side of my mouth onto my shirt every time I drink it, I'm not going to drink it. But if I have a water bottle that's got a straw or if it has like the chewy little like (laughs) gel thing that you suck out of, or right now I got this really nice Lululemon water bottle at a raffle, I'll tell you, I wouldn't pay $50 for a water bottle, but this water bottle was like $50. It's so nice. It's so pretty. I will drink out of it because it has a nice mouthfeel. It's easy to carry around. It's pretty. It's like an accessory. So invest in a water bottle, carry it around with you everywhere, and get at least 64 ounces of water. That's like the minimum most people need. If you are outside a lot, especially here in Florida, and you're sweating, you need to drink more while you're outside sweating. Or if you're exercising, you need to drink while you're exercising. Think eight ounces every 15 to 30 minutes. You don't have to do a lot of math here. Just go to the bathroom. And if it's mostly clear, kind of like a pale pale post-it note color, you're in good shape. If it's clear, that's fine too. So drink water. It'll fill you up. I once had a client ask me, he said, my wife, actually this was during a presentation. It was a virtual presentation. And it was for... um, one of the Orlando Bar Association meetings. And he said, my wife drinks a big cold glass of water before every meal. She says it fills her up and helps her eat less. This is true. And I was like, it's her body. She's going to know if it's true or not. What that does is it helps hydrate you. It does fill you up for a short period of time, which may help in that moment portion control dinner. However, if you are physically hungry, Do not drink water in place of food. You need food. If you're hungry enough to eat an apple, eat an apple and drink your water. If you struggle with portion control and you find yourself overeating, sure, drinking a big glass of water before lunch or dinner uh, may help you feel full faster. But water is absorbed and digested very quickly, so it will only keep you full for a short period of time. It is not meant to be a substitute for food, of course. Okay, and tip number six, while we're on the topic, I'm gonna do a little switch up here. Um, While we're on the topic of drinking water, another weight loss lifestyle habit is to not drink a lot of calories. Womp, womp, womp. I know, this one is kind of a bummer, especially with pumpkin spice latte season around the corner. But the truth is when we drink calories, they're primarily sugar. Soda is obvious, sweetened coffees are obvious. When we drink our calories, we get a spike in blood sugar without any satiety. We don't feel full. This includes detox juices. I never ever recommend to anyone who's trying to lose weight that they juice, ever. Unless it's just, I don't know, like celery juice because they like it, that's fine. You never have, you don't, by the way, you don't have to drink celery juice to lose weight. If you like it, be my guest. I don't like it. I don't do it. But when we drink our calories, we're not getting fullness. When we juice a bunch of apples and kale and celery and carrots, we are literally throwing away 
the fiber. Why, like, you ever juice a carrot and you just get all this, like, orange fluff? That's the stuff I want you to consume. When you're just juicing it, you're getting the fructose of the sugar from the carrot and the apple, and then you're just mainlining it into your veins. That's not going to keep you full. Why don't you just eat an apple and a carrot with a big tablespoon of peanut butter? You're going to feel way fuller for longer, and it's going to do your body more good. Think about it like this. When you eat an apple, that fibrous apple, biting into it, you can feel how crunchy it is. You have to chew. You have to put effort into breaking it down. And then when it moves into your stomach and your small intestine, your body has to work really hard to break that down. That's good. It keeps you fuller for a long time versus apple juice, even if it's juiced from your expensive juicer from Amazon, your body doesn't have to do anything. That sugar just goes right into your bloodstream. So eat your food instead of drinking it. Here's my exception. Smoothies. Smoothies don't count. Smoothies are food, right? You're keeping the fiber. You're keeping the water. However, I noticed with myself, a smoothie has to contain protein, healthy fats, and complex carb to be sustaining. If I, in fact, I was just going over the Tropical Smoothie Cafe with a client earlier this morning. Tropical Smoothie Cafe menu. And there's like a detox green smoothie on there. And it's got kale, mango, apple, pineapple, some other green stuff, but all vegetables. No protein, no fat. It's a smoothie. So at least all those fibrous pieces are blended together and it's a bit more filling, but it's not going to be sustaining. So for her, we were just going to add a scoop of whey protein powder and some chia seeds to get that fat. Um, If she wanted to make it at home, she could put spinach, banana, avocado, and Greek yogurt, full fat Greek yogurt. And boom, she would have a more balanced, sustaining smoothie. Now, when you blend up a smoothie, you are expediting that digestive process. Your body does not have to work as hard as it would to break down the whole avocado or the Greek yogurt by itself. Well, Greek yogurt, maybe not, but the avocado and the kale. If there is a balance of macronutrients of protein, fat, and carbs in a smoothie, go crazy, drink it. Could also help you get your hydration up, but don't juice. Alcohol, I'll talk about in part two. I would count this as well. Though I'm a realist, sometimes we want a cocktail or we want a special coffee. This is just the norm, the exception or the rule, not the exception. Don't drink a lot of your calories. I know there's going to be intuitive eating dietitians who don't agree with me. For somebody who is working on solely improving their relationship to food, they're recovering from an eating disorder, they're not trying to lose weight, be my guest, drink your calories. Um, But for somebody who is trying to lose weight, improve your blood sugars, improve insulin, I'd strongly recommend replacing a lot of high-calorie options with zero-calorie options water or black coffee and unsweetened tea and eat more food. So this was part one of making weight loss a lifestyle, six tips. I'm probably going to do a part two because I've got quite a few of these. Um, So if you want to catch part two, if you're not already subscribed, please make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. It means a lot to us. It also helps when you leave a review. Uh, but only if you really enjoyed the podcast. Only want you to leave a review if it, it really benefited you. 
Again, if you have questions or anything that you want to ask us, you can reach out to us on Instagram at nutrition.awareness. If you're interested in hiring a dietitian to come speak at your next wellness retreat, corporate organization, check out katerichardsonrd.com. All that information will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble for the last half hour, and I will catch you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.